Thanks for joining us for this Prima podcast. My name is Shonda Ragland. I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. October is National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. National Cybersecurity Awareness Month was designed to increase awareness regarding the significance of cybersecurity, as well as provide the necessary resources to ensure people are safe and secure online. To commemorate the 15th anniversary of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, Prima created a National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Each week during the month of October, Prima will feature podcasts that share important information about cybersecurity. On this podcast, Kelvin Coleman, the president of Route 2 Strategies, will provide an overview of National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. We will also be joined by Taekwon Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwon will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast. Kelvin, why dedicate an entire month to cybersecurity? You know, it's such a pleasure to be here today, and I can give you one number to answer that question, 326,766,748. That's the population of the United States of America, and with such a large population, uh, we're becoming an increasingly connected society. Uh, So it's very important to remind people during the month of October and year-round but particularly during the month of October, that while the technological advances and conveniences we enjoy are pretty much built into our computers or built into our mobile phones or built into other devices, security is not necessarily built in. We have a, you know, we have to be a hyper-vigilant society about protecting our data, and and that starts with individuals. Now, I will say, Taekwondo, that not necessarily, right, the government or even the private sector, for that matter, is necessarily, you know, responsible for our own security, right? That's an individual thing. So it's incumbent upon us as everyday citizens to make an effort to ensure we are safe and secure when using our devices. And that's what National Cybersecurity Awareness Month is all about. And through, you know, a collaborative effort between government and industries and organizations like the National Cybersecurity Alliance, the goal is to ensure that every American has the know-how and the resources they need to stay safer and more secure online. And I will tell you, over the years, we've seen the proliferation of attacks. I mean, I've spoken to Prima and its members about distributed denial-of-service attacks or ransomware These egregious attacks are impacting all Americans. And, of course, the big banks and the big companies, they get the the lion's share of the media coverage, but these attacks are impacting everyday real Americans. So it's critical to set aside this month to really drive home the point of cybersecurity. And, of course, again, that doesn't mean we ignore the other 11 months, but it's just good to have this month dedicated to the idea of cybersecurity. And and, and lastly, I'll say on this question, at least, that organizations, well, for example, the National Cybersecurity Alliance, they're predominantly mandated with supporting this mission during October, right? They marshal the various groups, including government agencies, through this month. And so we're very excited to support that because, you know, just 19 years ago, the biggest cyber event, if you will, was Y2K. And today, 19 years later, we have Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, you know, Cyber Monday, 
YouTube and all of these other things that are making it, again, increasingly convenient for us, but not necessarily secure for us. And so we have to take that upon ourselves to make sure we're uh, staying safe online. Many individuals and groups talk about partnerships, but just how important is partnering with others on cybersecurity, specifically during this month? Very important. I mean, to me, creating and, and reinforcing partnerships is the most important aspect of this month. As I look at the challenges in cybersecurity, I, I tend to put things in three buckets, right? Products, processes, and people. The product and process pieces, they're much easier to uh, account for than the last category of people. And that's the one we must continuously work on. This is especially important for state and local governments. I mean, there are, you know, there are over 86,000 local governments, 50 states, six territories, and also the number of, the significant number of small, business, small and medium-sized businesses out there. So these partnerships are critical for folks like small and medium-sized business owners and local and state government officials. I mean, very often these folks simply don't have the know-how or the resources or, or even the urgency, right? And when I say urgency, that's not a, you know insult to them, but sometimes they don't understand what they don't understand. And so it's very important through these partnerships with organizations like Prima, which, which I'm always so uh, glad to uh, uh, partner with, but Prima and National Cybersecurity Alliance, these folks help these state and local governments, these small and medium-sized businesses, they help them to greatly increase their ability to protect themselves from these malicious attacks. One of the things that we know for sure that, you know, that the adversaries, right, the attackers, they are partnering. And so, you know, why not do the same on our side of the ball, right? Why not really understand that partnerships are important? I'll give you another great example. The National Defense Information Sharing and Analysis Center, NDISAC, this is a group of defense industrial-based companies, right? These are multi-billion dollar companies that are based in the U.S. but have a global reach. These companies, while they're sort of natural competitors with one another, they've found it extremely beneficial to form partnerships to answer some of the pressing questions in cybersecurity. And these defense industrial-based companies, they're working together, they're bringing together their subject matter experts from the participating companies. And you know they're making these subject matter experts accessible to other companies, right? And the value proposition for the NDI side is that uh, they get a better value and a better view of uh, the issue. Uh, they've set up working groups like cloud security and social media, remote access, platform as a service. So they set up these various working groups in partnership with one another to answer some of these difficult questions. And so partnership at that level, you know, private sector, partnerships at the state and local level, partnership at the partnerships at the a small and medium-sized business level, very important to mitigate the challenges of cybersecurity, you know, in today's world. Workforce development has been a big topic in cybersecurity. Is that still a challenge for the public and private sectors? How wildly can I say yes? <laughs> you know, just this summer, the National Institute of Standards and Technologies, NIST, cited a report that indicated that the demand 
for cybersecurity workers uh, continues to grow. I mean, that, that report cited that nationally, there are currently about a little over 300,000 300, cybersecurity job openings in the private and public sectors. I, I say again, 300,000. And so that was during the 12-month period between April of last year, right, April of 2017, and March of this year, 2018. Now, about 14,000 of those jobs are in the public sector, right? So the cybersecurity talent shortage is widespread. It's impacting the whole of the United States, all 50 states. In fact, according to that same report, Washington, D.C. alone, right, has about 43,000 cybersecurity job openings. New York, about 20,000. Chicago, around 12,000. And so we're seeing around the country that there are, you know, there is a, a talent shortage. Now, obviously, we, we know the private sector in terms of compensation and, and salary, you know, they can just be a much more attractive option uh, when it comes to a career in cybersecurity. Uh, but I must say that, you know, government at state, local, and federal level, they're doing a much better job of attracting uh, talent. Some of these government agencies have been granted direct hiring authority. In other words, they don't have to go through the normal bureaucracy or bureaucratic process of uh, hiring someone, which can take quite some time. And so they, you know, they've been given this direct hiring authority to just really speed the process up to get talent in the door. Also, state and local governments, as well as, as, well as the federal government, they're offering more competitive salaries, which is really great. Now, of course, it can't compete with the private sector in terms of salaries, but at least government is recognizing that we have to do a bit more in that area to attract the folks we need to accomplish the mission. And, of course, the mission at the public sector level can be a very meaningful one. And, and so I know from personal experience of working at the Department of Homeland Security as well as the White House, that it could be a very meaningful career working in this area, uh, particularly when you're working with state and local governments. So the bottom line is yes. <laughs> Workforce development has been a, a big topic in cybersecurity, and I think that's going to be the case at least for the foreseeable future. So, so it is definitely still a challenge. Following up on the last question, does one have to be a technical whiz to find a career in cybersecurity? <laughs> Great question. It certainly helps. I'm not going to pretend like it doesn't. But having said that, this is a growing field, a rapidly growing field. So there are a number of other roles and responsibilities related to cybersecurity that does not necessarily require one to be a, a top-notch technical analyst, right? Uh, for example, you know, with my company, I was recently speaking with a top-notch law school here on the East Coast, and they were very interested and making sure their students, you know, that they were training their students to get a better grasp of issues related to technology because we know that law and technology are increasingly becoming bedfellows, right, in terms of, uh, you know, how they interact with each other. So you look at things like cyber insurance, and then we have cyber economists. Uh, we have folks who, you know, may not be as proficient as a software engineer, but are providing support to uh, cybersecurity companies. And if you will, think for a moment about paralegals. And I know, in fact, my very own company, that's one of our specialties in terms of 
providing a paralegal level type of subject matter expertise to these technical companies so that they don't have their software engineer doing things that an otherwise, you know, extraordinarily talented person could come in to do. The software engineer can focus on things that deal uh, in the software engineering arena. And so there are a number of opportunities, as I said, for folks who are not necessarily technically advanced uh, in, in this area. And that's going to continue to grow because the support around, you know, the, the talent, the cybersecurity engineers and analysts, the support around them is going to continue to grow, and they're going to need uh, continuous support. So while it certainly helps uh, to have a technical background, you know, it's not necessarily a requirement to do some other things in this area. What's on the horizon? In other words, what will future National Cybersecurity Awareness Month theme center around? Great question. What's next? I think we are going to be talking about in the next several years uh, things, well, artificial intelligence, biometrics, the Internet of Things, which is uh, upon us now, uh, cryptocurrency. These are things that are going to be front and center in years to come. I mean, in the very near future, you know, artificial intelligence will become much more proficient. Uh, you know, the AI, uh, as it were, will aid and, and add to, you know, automated and progressively sophisticated networking opportunities and attacks. And so the adversary is also going to be using AI and is using AI to, you know, make their attacks more sophisticated and more difficult to mitigate. So the escalation of AI-enabled cyber attacks is going to become a big thing for us. And it's coming at a bad time because the explosion of social networking and the sharing of personal identifiable information, that's only growing. And so the adversary is going to be able to take advantage of that. And so future National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, they're going to have to address that and make sure that the public is well aware of those things. Uh, biometrics, uh, as I mentioned, I think, you know, that would be a strange one to put into Cybersecurity Awareness Month. However, we do know that our devices are becoming much more reliant on biometrics in, in terms of a, a way to secure them. You know, in the very near future, our very own body, right, will be the password. And so in the future, we will be talking about, you know, biometrics being a way to of securing information or verification, that area being, you know, one that can make it easier for customers to access information. That's going to be a big one. The Internet of Things, that's upon us now, right? With the Internet of Things being the concept of basically connecting any device to the Internet and to each other. You think about, you know, refrigerator, lamps, wearing devices that can tell you your heart rate or body mass index or certainly, you know, something that can own your cell phone, be able to tell you, you know, if your house is, is at the right temperature. These are things that we're going to see as it relates to the Internet of Things. And they're going to be huge business opportunities for small and medium businesses as well, by the way, to take advantage of these things. But they're also going to have to think about securing their network as they connect to the Internet of Things. And so those are some of the things that I think folks in the near future, and I'm talking next year, right, the next five years, certainly are going to be discussing 
and going to be, again, front and center as it relates to National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Thank you for tuning in to Prima's National Cybersecurity Awareness Month podcast series. Should you have any questions regarding this podcast or any podcast in the series, please email education at primacentral.org. To learn more about Prima's educational resources, please visit primacentral.org. Have a wonderful day.